When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Another But Sports with Kent Sterling for Monday, November 11th, 2019. It's Veterans Day. Honor a veteran. Thank a veteran. Pay for a veteran's lunch or dinner. Do something nice for a veteran today, would you? Hey, you know what? We're brought to you by the people at Today's Dentistry. The dentist at Today's Dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, a veteran of the United States Navy. How about that? Give him a call. 317-849-2933. The Colts, they got beat yesterday 16-12. to There are a lot of reasons for it, and there are a lot of questions being asked. Number one among them, is Adam Vinatieri done as an Indianapolis Colt? Is his NFL career over? That is a hell of a good question. Here's a deal about uh, Adam Vinatieri, and one of the things that's a little bit troubling about Vinatieri is Frank Reich was asked about Vinatieri after the game. And for this entire season, from the opener against the Chargers to last week, Steelers, there have been missed kicks by Vinatieri that caused the media to ask Frank Reich questions about him and his future as the kicker of this team. And he has had 100% confidence in Adam Vinatieri. If I've got an area of concern, it sure isn't Adam Vinatieri. He's said this a number of times. But yesterday, he was asked this. Where are you with Adam Vinatieri at this point? Are you committed to staying with him throughout the entire season at this point? Reich, instead of saying absolutely 100% confidence, this time he says, really? No comment. We have been committed to him, but like everybody, I'd say this generally speaking about our roster. I mean, obviously, just coming off the field, we're going to always evaluate. Everybody gets measured and everyone is held accountable. From top to bottom, that's always the case. So nothing meant to read into that. That's just the reality of the business. There's been no discussions about that, no discussions about that between Chris and I. That's just the business. That business that Frank Reich just discussed is different business than was discussed after the previous games where Adam Vinatieri had some trouble. Just to bring some numbers to this, Adam has missed 14 of 20 extra points. 
That is one more extra point missed this season than he has missed in the previous three seasons combined. He's also 14 of 19 with field goals. There have been three games that were directly impacted by Adam Vinatieri's inability to make kicks. We mentioned the opener. He missed field goal attempts of 46 and 29 yards, as well as an extra point in a game that wound up going to overtime. That was a 30-24 to 24 loss in overtime. Then last week, a 43-yard miss late in the game was one of the reasons for that loss in Pittsburgh. And then yesterday, the extra point miss, you would say, well, it was just one point, and they lost by four. So the math would suggest that Vinatieri's miss really didn't have any kind of concrete effect on the win or the loss, right? And in this case, a loss. Wrong. Because late in the game, the Colts, they had an opportunity to kick an easy field goal, even for Vinatieri at this point, if, and that would have been to tie, if Vinatieri makes that extra point. He missed that extra point. He didn't miss it by much, and nobody feels worse about this than Adam Vinatieri, but it really doesn't matter. This is a bottom-line business, the NFL is. This isn't about, well, you know what, he's played so well for us, and we owe him. You don't owe anybody a roster spot in the NFL, and it is incumbent upon the general manager of each of the 32 teams to fill his squad with the very best available, right? Adam Vinatieri, right now, if he's the best available, good, keep him. But if you got guys over here, some guys who are sitting on their couches right now and could get off their couch and kick at a higher level than a 70% make rate for extra points, you know what? You owe it to this franchise The ownership, the players, everybody involved with that team, including the fans, to sign a guy who is more likely to make than miss. And if that person can make more than Vinatieri, he deserves the job. And Vinatieri doesn't. And that's just the way it works. It's a bottom bottom line business. And Adam Vinatieri, through nine games, has not performed at the level you need an NFL kicker to. Not only has he not kind of uh, been up to his insanely high standards as the greatest of all time. He's a guy who has cost his team, at least in part, he's been one of the reasons that the Colts have lost three games that they could have won had he made kicks. And that's a fact. That's, That's not arguable. You can argue whether you believe over the last seven games in this regular season he's going to be the guy you would want kicking a football late in games or at any time in games to give you a better chance to win. You can make that argument, but what you can't argue about is what's happened over the first nine games of this season. And I am loath to cast uh, aspersions on Adam Vinatieri. I like Adam Vinatieri a lot. One of my favorite guys in the locker room to talk to, an adult in the room, a really, really good dude who has been superb at executing his responsibilities for a lot of years, back to 1996 with the New England Patriots. But right now, you can't deny that Vinatieri has cost this team a chance to win three games that it ultimately lost. Now let's talk about Brian Hoyer. You got to hope that Hoyer is going to be able to uh, uh, hold a clipboard next weekend 
as the Colts take on the Jacksonville Jaguars and that Jacoby Brissett's going to be back. Because if not, there is no way the Colts win this game. You cannot win a game that Brian Hoyer starts. Brian Hoyer makes bad reads. If you go back and watch a tape of yesterday's game, what you see are a lot of bad reads, including the last three plays where he threw into the end zone. Instead of just trying to get enough yards for a first down, keep the chains moving with lots of time on the clock, three timeouts, and just keep getting closer to the end zone. So you've got a Dolphins defense that's going to have to respect the run. In fact, they probably should have run uh, at least once during those final three plays, which immediately preceded a fourth down play where Hoyer hit Eric Ebron on the wrong side of the sticks. Brian Hoyer is not a reason any team wins football games, and that's why he was on the street. The Colts are his seventh employer. That means he's got six teams that decided that they were better off without him. That's not good. And yesterday, you saw exactly why. Bad reads, throwing into coverage, throwing picks that shouldn't have been picks. And the Indianapolis Colts, we know this from watching this team. Jacoby Brissett, one of his great qualities, and one of the reasons that with Brissett as a starter throughout the entire game, they were 5-2, and two, right? He goes out during the Steelers game. Hoyer comes in, not so good. The pick six that Hoyer threw last weekend at Heinz Field against the Steelers, that directly led to the loss. And then yesterday, he threw three more picks. He throws into coverage. He throws into double coverage. He throws balls that should not be thrown. And Brissett, conversely, rarely makes those kinds of mistakes. The Colts are the kind of team, as long as they don't beat themselves, very few teams are going to be able to beat them. The team that makes the fewer mistakes is most likely to win. We hear that over and over and over, right? With Hoyer, you are going to make mistakes. Chad Kelly, what what would happen? Let's say Brissett can't go this week. You know what? We know what's going to happen with Brian Hoyer starting. The Colts are going to get beat. With Chad Kelly starting, I don't know what's going to happen. They might get beat by a gob. They might get beat 48-6. to six. I don't know. But I don't know is a hell of a lot better than a negative certainty. So, On Twitter, we put in the field a question for Colts fans. If Brissett can't go, who should start? 64% said Chad Kelly. Now, granted, these are fans. They don't know nothing, right? Hoyer, 19%. Plan C, which means a guy sitting on his couch right now, 16%. So there's still some people who don't trust Kelly, but not many of them. And nobody trusts Hoyer. Nobody, that's 64% plus 16%, that's 80% of Colts fans who believe that Brian Hoyer should not be the starting quarterback this coming week at Lucas Oil Stadium against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts have gone from being a team that could be in command of the AFC South right now if they had finished that game against the Steelers and won yesterday, which they should have. You're talking about a team that would be 7-2. and two. They would have a commanding lead in the AFC South. But they don't. They are looking. They're, they're, who's behind them is closer to them than who's in front of them. And that's not a good situation. And if the regular season ended today, the Steelers would be the sixth seed and the Colts would be on the outside looking in as far as a playoff berth. That's not what people expected from this season, even when Jacoby Brissett 
became the starting quarterback after Andrew Luck's retirement. And there's still a faction of Colts fans who are upset about Andrew Luck's retirement because it put the Colts in a bind. Now, I would tell you this, though. I don't think it did put him in a bind because what happened was, this is what I surmise happened. All right, we'll put it that way. The team knew what was going to happen with Andrew Locke, and they, they kind of nursed him through training camp to get him as far down the road as they possibly could before he made a decision. If it had been Andrew Locke's decision to make and it was his timing, he would have called an end to this prior to the announcement of, of his retirement. So the Colts kind of did this to themselves a little bit. Andrew Locke, he bears some responsibility, but the only thing, the only downside to Andrew Locke retiring when he did rather than three or four months before is that they didn't get a chance, the Colts didn't, to go out and get a backup quarterback who is going to be sufficiently talented and sufficiently able to lead that team should the need arise and Jacoby Brissett gets hurt. That's where you really lost some traction because the guys that they had in camp, meaning uh, Walker and then also um, Chad Kelly, those guys, uh, they were not in the plans for the Indianapolis Colts as backup quarterbacks. And when Brissett was elevated to starter, they had to go out and find somebody. So they went out and got Brian Hoyer, who's been a good guy in the film room. And that's great. But you know what? That's not enough. If you get pressed into service, you better be able to win games or at least be, not be the reason that the Colts lose games. And that's what Hoyer was yesterday. And by the way, let's talk about Eric Ebron for a minute. If you cannot pony up on the field, you have got to shut up off the field. If you come out in the media and say, you know what, when I'm on the field, good things happen. And I'm going to go for the, uh, the all-time record, uh, touchdowns in a season by a tight end, and here we go. Last year was just a step to greater things. Well, then you better be able to do you, – your actions had better be able to measure up to your words. If your words are writing checks that your talent can't cash or your abilities can't cash, then you got to keep your damn mouth shut. And that's what Eric Ebron should have done. His act – wore out the Detroit Lions and the Detroit Lion fan base doing the same thing here in Indianapolis. And when he did make catches, man, did he let everybody know about it. But when he doesn't make catches, he wants to be forgiven because nobody's perfect. That's jacked up. That is, that is nuttiness at its highest level. And, and that is what will turn off a fan base like the Colts fan base. What we are used to seeing... As Colts fans, we're used to seeing guys like Marvin Harrison. He never talked, period. We wanted him to talk more than he did. Reggie Wayne, not a lot of talking. Edron James, not a lot of talking. Peyton Manning, not a lot of talking. Nobody, Brandon Stokely, Dallas Clark, all of these guys just went out and did their jobs. They didn't tell you about it incessantly. Eric Ebron enjoys telling you about it incessantly, and it's wearing people raw here because he isn't uh, performing to the standards that his bloviating would suggest he's capable. So there you go. Um, 
the Indiana Pacers. We haven't talked about the Pacers because what do you talk about? Pacers are playing really, really well. There is nothing to complain about except for the officiating in Charlotte. And if not for the officiating in Charlotte, the Pacers would have won their last seven games. They'd be seven and three, and you would be talking about them as being a team that's among the Eastern Conference's elite, at least in terms of record. They haven't played a lot of good teams yet. They've got some games against quality competition coming up. A game against Houston, a game against Milwaukee, both in the immediate future. Tomorrow night, they've got Oklahoma City at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. And this team's playing like a team. Last night, look at what they did. 21.16 rebounds for Domas Sabonis. Miles Turner and Goga Batadza on the bench, not available, injured, What's Domas doing? Domas is making you forget that either of those guys are on that team. Then you've got Malcolm Brogdon, 19 points last night. TJ Warren, uh, 19 points last night. 18 for Dougie McBuckets. This is a team that spreads the wealth. Is really, really difficult to defend because you can't key on any one of those guys. Plus, Jeremy Lamb's out. All right, so this is a team that is facing not just Victor Oladipo, not being around, but a whole bunch of other guys not being around. And still, they're competing night after night after night. I guess Dan Burke got up everybody's ass at halftime, read them the riot act and said, hey, you guys thought this game started at 7. No, it started at 6. Let's go out in the second half and tear the Orlando magic into ass. How about that? And that's exactly what they did. They scored the first 10 points of the second half. They were off to the races. The Magic came back a little bit. And in the end, the Pacers, they win that game. Indiana, they got a game tomorrow night at Assembly Hall against North Alabama. Indiana's going to win that game. But what they've got to do is they've got to continue to compete consistently throughout that 40 minutes. Every possession, they got to compete. And if they can do that, then you can project that at least they're going to be competitive uh, possession after possession after possession against teams like Florida State and against Minnesota and against Nebraska and against Arkansas and against Notre Dame and a lot of the teams that they play. Once the schedule gets going, once they got to play good teams and, and not the seven that they've got in November, you're going to have to be competitive from possession to possession to possession if you're going to win these games. And that's going to be what separates Indiana going to the NCAA tournament from Indiana not going to the NCAA tournament. Butler, they got a game in the Gavit, uh, the Gavit games coming up. They play Minnesota at Hinkle Fieldhouse, and uh, that's kind of the same deal. And I'll tell you what, how about the NZ guy? Enzi is playing his ass off. The, tra- the transfer from Milwaukee, who's eligible now, playing really, really well. Tucker was good the other night against New Orleans. Um, as they continue to get guys healthy, they're going to be better and better and better. But against New Orleans, they were lights out, almost perfect. Played great basketball. And then you've got Purdue. They traveled to Marquette on Wednesday night. That's going to be a tough game for the Boilermakers. Boilermakers coming off a loss against Texas at Mackey Arena. Great atmosphere at Mackey Arena. Purdue kind of needs a win at this point. Hopefully they get that up in Milwaukee. That's Sports Another But Sports with Ken Sterling for Veterans Day. Do something good for a veteran today, for goodness sake. Don't let my dour mood put you in a dour mood and put you in a state of mind where you don't want to honor veterans. Don't do that. Of course, we're all pissed off about the Colts. 
We're happy as hell with the Pacers. We're okay with the Hoosiers. We're all right with the Boilermakers. We're, we're good with Butler right now, so there's more good than bad. But the bad of the Colts overshadowing virtually everything else in central Indiana. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent, bright and early, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live. 8.15 on Periscope Live. I cannot wait to talk to you then. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Call them. 317-849-2933. Join me tomorrow.